You're listening to the Bass Lessons Melbourne podcast, episode 6, Lavondo Thomas. Hey guys, how's it going? Craig from uh, Bass Lessons Melbourne here. Um, today I'm joined by Lavondo. Lavondo. Lavondo Thomas. That's it. Thomas. That's um, pretty good, man. Who's in Melbourne with Anna Popovich. Sir. First time out in Melbourne. First time in Melbourne, man. First time in Australia. It's a beautiful country. Enjoying it? Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. yeah Not cool. getting much, you know, rest, but you know. Well, that's rock and roll. <laughs> hey, man. It's really good to connect with you. Yeah. Uh, nice good to hang out. So maybe you could start off by telling us a little bit about what you do, how you got there, yes, why sir. the bass? Why I do bass? Yeah. And how I got here. Well, started, you know, a long time ago. <laughs> no, I mean, I was really interested in uh, Duran Duran, believe it or not, like when I was a um, uh, teenager. Yeah, right. You know, I got into, uh, spent a lot of time just watching MTV back in the day. And, yeah. You know, I saw this band Duran Duran, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, those guys seem cool." You know. Yeah, really. And particularly for me, you know, growing up, you know, in the hood, it wasn't like, a, a, yeah, the, the natural choice. No, I mean, <laughs> you I know, just, know what I mean? Well, yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, you know, and I still listen to all this music that you know my peers and parents and everything like that was listening to as well right. too. But you know, so this is the this is mid eighties, right? Yeah. So. Early, early 80s, you know, so the advent of MTV, you know, cable, blah, blah, you know, you're stuck in front of the TV and then yep. this whole another world opens up. Anyway, long story short, uh, I mentioned Duran Duran specifically because, um, you know, John Taylor is a beast, mm. you know, and uh, out of all the members of that band, I was like, that's what I want to do right there, you know. Yeah. The bass line and, and reel is ridiculous, right? Yeah, cool. You know, so that's uh, what really gave me like the bug to, to be a musician and mm. start to play. You know, no one in my family plays or anything. Like that, right. So. so then, did you learn in school or uh, you get a bass at home kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Thing? Bugged the parents for I don't know how long, you know, and they finally gave me like a bass guitar, right? So, yep. and um, I learned by um, uh, you know, tablature. You know, I'm not okay. sure if uh, they call that tablature all, all around the world, yeah. but you know, you, you know what tablature yeah. is, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, because, you know, I learned early on too that I really wanted to learn how to read music. Sure. So when I got that bug of wanting to play the guitar, uh, I was in uh, junior high, high school, and I was talking to some of the music teachers, and they were just like, hey man, you know, you can join a jazz band, you can come, blah, 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 but do you read music at all? And I was like, ah. So thankfully, learn how to play, uh, play the bass and learn how to read music at the same time. So like with tablature, I would take, you know, okay, fifth fret, first string, okay, so that's an A, right, yeah. you know, and correspond where those notes were at on the staff, blah, blah. Well, anyway, long story short, that's how I learned how to read music. Cool. You know, it's by doing yeah. tablature and all that stuff. Right? Yeah, so, nice. And so did you join the jazz band? I did join the jazz band. Cool. Yeah, you know, spent a couple of years doing the jazz band. Then that kind of opened up the whole another world, right? Yeah, as soon so. as you start checking out jazz, you start checking out jazz bass players. And, and dude, check it out. So like, um, you know, we're, we're at a club right now and, um, you know, they got Charday playing in the background. And we were talking a little bit earlier how like, you know, Smooth Operator was like the first soul, uh, solo that I've learned. Yep. You know, so, and to me, my young years back in that day, 
that sounded like jazz, right? Yeah. So, you know, I learned the solo, the smooth opera, and I was like, oh man, I can play jazz. That jazz is cool, you know? <laughs> and I remember specifically, uh, it was close to 87, somewhere around the neck, because uh, Jocko had passed in 87. Right. So I kept seeing like all these news clippings, oh, Jocko died, Jocko died, he's a jazz bass player, this, you know? And I had just learned, and I was like, oh, well, jazz, man, I can play jazz. Let me check some of this Jocko, you know, get on some of that. Uh, first song I heard, Donna Lee. <laughs> and I was like, let's let's rethink this thing, you know. So, a hundred percent, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, doors there. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't realize you guys. Yeah. Were did we uh, did we mention that we're doing this live? Folks? <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Oh, I think it's over there. Uh, Being that slip. That's okay. Live, yeah. yeah, no, no worries. No worries. Jacko? Yeah, Jacko. So, you know, I jumped into the Jacko head first and realized right away, immediately, mm -hmm. wait, there's levels to this thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was way over my head, right? Sure. So, uh, but, um, and it is interesting enough there, too, uh, because of you, you know, I met Jimmy Haslip uh, today, you yeah. know, which, was, which was great. <laughs> And around the same time, around that same time, my stepfather had a the Yellow Jackets album for Four Corners, actually. Right. And um, so, you know, there was Jocko, then there was the Yellow Jackets that I was listening to as well, you know. And uh, the Yellow Jackets, uh, and I shouldn't say that music was easier, but it was a little bit more accessible as far as me playing sure. than, than Jocko was, you know. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I dug into Jocko a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, but with the Yellow Jackets, I mean, I was head first in, I was like, oh, yeah. That was your Here we go, right, yeah. right. And uh, so did you manage to, to kind of transcribe any of that material? All, all of it. Oh. All of it, yeah. And uh, Jimmy is probably like my all time favorite bass player, like ever. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah, I was just, yeah. I was just hanging with him today, and he's, yeah, got, he's yeah. got so many stories. He's done so much. Yeah, yeah. Playing with Shaq and Khan and Al Jarreau. Shaq Khan, Al Jarreau, you know, Anita Baker. Yeah. You know, and then like a lot of stuff that I found out like after the fact there too, because. Um, you know, growing up, uh, you know, in, in a hood, you know, we listened to a lot of R&B, of course, right? Yeah. So, like, when that Anita Baker Rapture album came out, you oh, know, yeah. it was just ridiculously groovy, you know? Sure. It wasn't until years later that I found out some of those tracks was like Jimmy yeah. playing that, you know? And I was like... Yeah, he's there. <laughs> you know, and it made sense, right? Yeah, you know, so yeah it made sense that you can make that. Absolutely. So, kind of like early to early 80s to early 90s, are you gigging? Um, are you... Town. Yeah, very uh, this little. Is New York or this is uh, I'm actually from Ohio. Ohio, okay. Yeah, so it's like a little state in the Midwest of uh, sure. America, right? Yeah. Uh, from Akron, Ohio. So you know, in Akron. Shout out Akron. Yeah, <laughs> shout out Akron, Ohio. You know, Black Keys. Yep. Um, Chrissy Hine, Devo. You know, so it has like a, right. a a pretty rich musical history. You sure, know. Yeah, yeah. That being said, the music scene in Akron back then wasn't, you know, wasn't that happening. Wasn't that happening? So you know, to answer your question, no, there I was just one of those kids in the bedroom just practicing. Okay. You know, yeah. Wasn't gigging at all back no. in those days. You know, and then sure. soon after, you know, started college and gigs a little bit through college. You know. And were you studying music in college? Studying jazz in college. Ah, right? cool. Which you know, if I can go back and do it again, you know, it was cool. Uh, but being in the professional world now, twenty something odd years outside of college, you know, if I can go back. You know, I would probably uh, study more composition. You know, yeah, so get like some to, writing credits. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
for uh, anybody out there now who's like on the fence or maybe going to school, you know, I would definitely like learn to read and, and go to school and things of that nature, you know. Yeah. And jazz, jazz is cool to study, uh, but I would say that, you know, I mean, you, know, you can learn jazz and everyone's going to learn jazz. And you can also learn composition too, but like, you know, those compositional techniques really help out a lot, you know, yeah. as I'm finding out, you know, like yeah. in different well, situations knowing, now. I mean, yeah. because I don't know about you, but most of the work and most of the playing I do mm -hmm. is in jazz based. Right. But in order to to really be a jazz player, you got to spend a lot more time yeah. practicing that stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. And unless you're kind of at the top of the tree, you're maybe right. not going to get that much work. That's right. That's right. So by all means, I delve into it and understand the harmony, you know, chord structures, uh, two fives. Um, but unless you're really passionate, unless it connects with your right, soul, right, right, right. You know, don't stress too much about it. That's what That's I think right. anyway. That's right. You know, like you it's know, it's, it's going to draw you in. Like whatever music that you're listening to is going to draw you in, and that's sure. so that's half the battle. But you're right. There's a whole another side of it that it's like you said. You know, learning the chord structures, your two fives. You know, yeah. And it may sound like you know boring and tedious work, and some of it could be. You know, but that said, it's as it's essential, you know, yeah. and there's so much of it that's in my playing now that like if I didn't sit down with it back then, then, you know, I'd kind of be struggling yeah. a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And so then wh when did you make the move out east or? Did yeah. Like so later? like after Ohio, uh, I worked on cruise ships for about 10 years. You know, I think we have years? that in common. Yeah. yeah. Off and on for 10 years, right? Is that Royal Caribbean or? I did Norwegian. Norwegian. Norwegian for the whole time, you know. The whole time? The you whole time Norwegian. Loyal. Yeah, so I brought out a couple of new ships and, you know, and uh, you know that cruise ship life, you know, I mean, you can... Can just, suck you in? They can suck you in, man. There's been people out there who's been doing it for years and years yeah. and years. Ten you know. years is... Yeah, I've done it for ten, like off and on. So I'll do sure. it for like, you know, a couple of contracts and then maybe take like a year off or a year and a half off or something like that and then cool. go out for like another couple of contracts. And for us, um, as an American working on cruise ships, you know, we had like a little bit more leeway as far as the contracts were concerned, right? So we can go out for like maybe four months or like six months if you wanted to, but sure. you know. I mean, you going to, were you doing the cover band? No, no, I was in the show band, like the main band. Yeah, cool. right. So you're so reading charts, uh, reading charts all the time. Like that helps get your for all the shows. Up. Yeah, that's exactly you know. Yeah. And going back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, with like learning how to, you know, your fundamentals, right? Learning how to read music and learning, you know, yeah, getting your ear training together. It you just know. opens up doors. Tons of doors, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cruise ships, yeah. Well, um, it wasn't advice? a bad gig either, too, man. Like you know, I I talked to a lot of friends. Uh, who uh, used to work on cruise ships, and you know, like some of them are real dark on it. You some know? people can get really dark so, on it because you know, I mean, you know, you're out there on this vessel in the middle of the ocean for months at a time, right? So that does something to you psychologically. That said, you know, I decided to use the time more creatively, cool. uh, if that makes any sense. You, know, you get your plane together a bit more. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And you meet people from all around the world, and and you're playing every night. Yes, sir. So you're keeping your chops up. Yes, sir. You know, there's no. There's, there's Hardly any gigs on land where That's you can right. gig six nights a week That's anymore. Right. <laughs> Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy today was telling me yeah. one of his first gigs was uh, five sets a night, seven nights a week Jeez. in a club for, I think they had like a four week engagement. Right. And I'm just like, that blows my mind. That's crazy, right? Five right. sets a night. Right. Right. <laughs> was that down like uh, when he used to live in New Orleans? Did he? Uh, uh, I think it was before that. Right, right. In, in Long Island. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right, because he's from the, yeah. that area originally, right? But a, a, lot, a lot of people ask me about the cruise ships and yeah. stuff like that. What's it like? Blah, blah, blah. Right, and, right, right. And I'm like, you can try it, you know, 
do a contract. If yeah. it doesn't work out, yeah. you always come home yeah. and you've done it. And if it works out, then great. Right. It's not for everyone, but you got to go in with the mindset that the, the music still has to come first. Right. Because a lot of guys can go out there and treat it as a party. Oh my goodness. You know? And that's, that's, that's a spiral. Dude, you know. But if you, if you respect the music and you respect the musicians. <laughs> what you just said, 100% I co-sign with. And it's, you know, as you were saying that, I was just like, man, it sounds like me. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, I'm like looking at myself, you know, besides the dreads, uh, but I'm looking <laughs> exactly at a carbon copy of it. <laughs> yeah, people get us fixed all yeah, the time. I got, I got, it's, it's the, the same hair. They get us mixed up all the time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but I tell people that all the time, dude. You know, uh, people, especially back in New York, you know, work, worrying about like working on cruise ships, you know, what can I do to get in, blah, blah, what can I expect, you know, and I tell people all the time, man, like, you know, it's not for everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, but when you do go out there, maybe do a contract, see how you like it, maybe do two contracts, you know, you get to see the world a little bit, yeah. right? But when you're out there, you know, you got to treat it like it's a, like, a, like a proper gig, you know, you can't go out there because people get out there and they start to party, they go to the crew bar every night and drink, you know, I mean, I've had a, those experiences with the other musicians in the band where yeah, it's yeah. just like, you know, and it's a bad scene, you know, but if you go out there and really put your mind to it. And, yeah. and if you've got a good band, you know, if you good guys around you, I was lucky I've always had good bands. Well, you know, I've had some good bands, I've had some horrible bands, yeah. you know. And yeah. sometimes you can have a good band, but all it takes is like one person who's on the opposite extreme of that to make it a horrible band, sure, right? Yeah. Particularly if it's a drummer, you know, if it's a drummer, man, you know, forget Able about one. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, so, all right, so then, um, that took you up to what late night, late nineties or yeah, like late nineties, early two thousands, uh, somewhere around near mid two thousands, you know. And the whole time that I was working on cruise ships, I mean, like the end goal was New York City, all right? Right. So you're uh, saving, you're putting the money away. Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that I was saving, but I, you know, I'm horrible at that. Yeah. Everybody has that goal. Right, right. I'm going to some contract. I'm going to save some save, money. Save, I'm going to buy a car. Yeah. And, and there, the, there are cats that do that, you know, and they, you know, <clears throat> kudos to them, you know. Uh, man, I'm just not that disciplined, right? So, it's, it's, it's fortunately. You bought some basics. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, you know, I tried to save. Let's just say, I tried to save. And then, you know, just end up uh, moving back to Ohio after the ships were done. And I was like, listen, I got to, like, really laser focus on getting to New York, you know? Yeah. So I was in Ohio for about like another year or so before I just made that plunge and uh, went to New York. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, New York, it's obviously one of those cities that's a, a musician's mecca. And yes, sir. At yeah. some point, everybody's dreamed of, maybe yeah. I should go to New York. Yeah. And I've been there a couple of times, and the first couple of times I went, it was kind of like being in a movie. Yeah, it's overwhelming, right? It's you overwhelming. Know, um, and I know myself from having moved to Melbourne and Vancouver, yeah. Trying to break in a, a scene is—it's yeah. all about network. That's right. That's right. And then if you can play, that's right. what happens. But it's—it's. Right. It's, I think it's hard to go in and go. I can play. Right. Nobody's going to listen to you unless right. they can, unless you've introduced yourself. Sure. And that, that sure. Kind of thing. Sure. So how? My question is: mm -hmm. Is what was your road, your route mm -hmm. into to working and living in New York? How yeah. So like yes and you know all of that stuff. Yeah. Right. You know. Uh, you're right, you have to go out there, you have to network, you know, you have to go to jam sessions and play, you know, and, and, and you know, I mean, like, the, the challenge is, too, you know, let's put a, put a flag right there and come back to, uh, sure. like, you know, how I got into New York, you know, I would just say, too, if anyone's thinking about going to New York, one of the challenges is uh, you have to kind of, unfortunately, kind of focus on what music that you want to play 
and then go into that scene because New York is kind of broken up with like, like these different scenes, scenes and these different, right? And I say unfortunately because, you know, I mean, you got the straight ahead guys who play nothing but straight ahead, right? Yeah, yeah. And although I do play upright and I do play straight ahead, you know, if you just want to really dive into that scene, you have to go for it in that Feel scene. Yeah. You got the fusion guys who are just into the fusion scene. You know, you got the rock guys. Okay. You know, so everything is compartmentalized. Yeah. You know, which is the way we think anyway. You know, um, but there's very few guys who kind of transcend that and do like a little bit of everything, mm. right? You know. Yeah. Uh, even the name guys. Um, even the name gets, guys get pigeonholed for doing the, the Wayne Krantz gig or whatever. That's you know, right. Like Tim. Did that ring great? So, you know, and Tim will tell you too. You, you, you interviewed Tim, right? Yeah. You know, so uh, I'm sure he'll have some stories about like, you know, he does his pedal thing and yeah. play with Wayne, and all of a sudden he's pigeonholed into like that guy That's in the it. city. So he can't, well, I'm not saying he can't get called for other gigs like a straight ahead gig, but they don't seem as that, yeah. right? You know? yeah. So, getting back to like, you know, my transition into the city, uh, having already heard about that kind of like thing in New York, yeah. I tried to. You know, go out and network and play a little bit, but not pigeon my whole. Excuse me, pigeonhole myself so much into a certain scene that okay. you know you're stuck into that to that thing. You know. Yeah. So. Um, what and what is your thing? I that that's the thing. You know, I I'm not even sure if I know it myself. You sure. know, because right as, now, as you bass know, players, we we do so many gigs with different people and different styles. You got to be a chameleon. One hundred percent. One hundred percent a chameleon. You yeah. know. Um, I try to be like a more of a studio guy where they okay. can play like everything, right? Yeah. You know, like one of my heroes is Will Lee. You know, and this guy that I you know run into the city all the time. You know, but Will you know plays with everybody. You know, Oz oh, yeah. Noy, and then he'll do you know some singer songwriter yeah. stuff. Oh, he's a legend. legend. Super legend, right? And yeah. can fall in and out of all these different scenes. You and know, he can sing. <laughs> Croon. <laughs> you know, he's a crooner, right? Yeah. You know, so. And such a super sweet dude too. You know. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. But um, so that's uh, the kind of the path that I tried to follow. Mm. You know, going that route. You know, just try to be like a master of. Okay. You know. Yeah. If you, if there was a dream, gig, what would be your dream gig? Uh, a deal? dream gig in yeah. the city. What would be my dream gig? Uh, you know, I really liked what Will did, like on a like, TV. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, I have a four-year-old kid at home now. Yeah, sure. You know, so, you know, being on the road is a little tough. Yeah. And. Um, you know, so you would like to, you know, have a steady gig in the city every yeah. night that, you know. And uh, about a year ago, year and a half ago, I did an off-Broadway gig, okay. you know, which was cool, you know. Yeah. So that was like, you know, every night, two matinees on Saturday, sure. right? You know, Again, matinees and reading. Yeah, yeah, reading, absolutely, 100%, you know. And that show lasted for about a year and a half. Oh, cool. So I spent a year and a half, like, in the city. Did some gigs here and there where I had yep. to sub out, you know, but... But you know, I kind of like that kind of situation. Sure. Watching the kid grow up, you know. It's so. almost like the, the cruise ship thing on land. Uh, the cruise ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. A little bit. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Less drama, mean, you know. But. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, what kind of gear are you using? All right. So I got a Sadowski bass that I play. Yeah. I got the Will Lee model. I mean, that's how Lovely. big of an influence that guy is on me. I sure, can. Yeah. I, 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 Great bass. Drink the Kool Aid and say, okay, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's funny about that too is like. Um, for years and years and years, I thought about fedora basses, you know. And I don't think there's anything wrong with fedora basses, but because like all the cats were playing, you know, Yannick plays one, yep. you know, Anthony Jackson Felix. plays one, you know, like my heroes, you know. And yeah. I studied with Yannick a little bit in, uh, in New York, 
and uh, you know, so I saw firsthand. I mean, that bass just sounds great, you know. In and his, his hands. In his hands, like hundred percent, you know. Yeah. I take some lessons uh, now with uh, Felix Pastorius. You know, sure. Felix has a, you know, Beautiful, yeah. you know, so those fedoras sounded sweet, you know. And um, when it was time for me to get a new bass, I was like, fedora, fedora, fedora. I'm gonna get a fedora bass. What, what were you playing at the time? I was playing like an Ibanez. You know, I had huh. this Ibanez, uh, I can't even remember, you know, the Sound, RGB or, or something like that. Was, got, that. was that your cruise ship base? That was a cruise ship base. Yeah. You know, so it's base I used that for like 10 years. Bit of rust on it. Yeah, oh, dude, man, it's wearing out, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it was time. It was time yeah. for a new base. And I went to, um, I think it was Sam Ash in, in New York, you know, and uh, I was going to go straight to uh, Fedora, but, like, you know, those bases take a couple years, to, you know, a year and a half to build, and you have to order, blah, blah. So I was just, you know, I know that Sam Ash had some, so I was like, let me go down there and check him out, you know. Sure. So I went down there, and um, Larry Harkey is, uh, is at Sam Ash now, you know, and he's a, he's, a, he's a good guy, too, you know. He's working now. He's, he's working, you know, oh. he, you know, he doesn't have to work at all, you know. But, yeah, if you ever find yourself in New York, go down Sam Ash on 34th Street. Larry You'll Harkey. see Larry Harkey, right? There you go. So uh, Larry was there, you know, we chatted for a little while, you know, and I was like, man, you know, I want to play some of these fedoras that you got on the wall, you know, because looking for a new bass, you know. So he said, yeah, yeah, I'll let you play some of those. But, uh, you know, in talking to you and the kind of stuff that you like to play, you might want to try some of these Sadowskis out there, too, you know. Sure. And I had heard about Sadowski, of course, because, you know, Will plays one. You yeah, know? yeah. So I was like, yeah, we'll do that. So I played some of the fedoras, you know, they were cool. You know, and then I played, you know, the, the first Sadowski that he put in my hands, like the Will Lee model, you yeah. know. I played that, man, it was like, it, it sounded amazing. It felt good. Put that one down, picked up a couple more uh, fedoras. And I <laughs> picked that Sadowski back. And I was doing a, like a Pepsi challenge, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I went through like maybe like four or five fedoras, you know. Yeah. And the more I played them, I was like, you know what, man, these basses aren't really for me. You know, they're great basses. And like you said, in Yannick's hands or yeah, in yeah. Anthony Jackson's hands, um, real light touch, you know, but for what I needed, man, I mean, that, that I, you know, I bought that, that, that Sadowski, I bought it, man. Yeah. That, it was a Will Lee model and it just felt good. Yeah. Um, I can do everything with it. It's like the only bass that I take on the road with me now. It's the yeah. only bass that I take in the studio now. For sure. Unless, uh, you know, they call yeah. for some upright or some fretless or whatever, you know. But yeah. uh, that being said, you know. And plus, Roger is just like a, a, a great guy, too. You know, it's, uh, his shop is out there in Long Island City, you know. So, yeah. Uh, every time I go up there, you know, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm nobody, right? You know, in, in the sense of, you know, I mean, I'm no Willie. I'm not, I'm not no those guys. I'm not tall, you know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, every time I go up there, you know, Roger's desk. You know, he's working on um, some guitars, you know, he looks and sees who's in the lobby, man, he stops what he's doing. Uh, he comes out, he says hello, talks to you for a while, you know. The very first time that I went there, uh, you know, he showed me, the, you know, the factory and what it, you know, all this stuff, you know. Yeah. The guy doesn't Ooh. know me from Adam, right? But I was just in, uh, yeah. in just with the scene, you know. So that's, that's the kind of guy he is, and that's why I just don't, I don't mind you know, supporting him and... Oh, uh, the yeah, quality yeah. instruments, man. Absolutely. You know? I had a similar kind of thing when I was on, on one of the ships. Yeah. We docked in Brooklyn and I made an appointment to go to the Federa yeah. factory yeah, yeah, and yeah. hang out. And I went around and um, I think it was Vinny that was there and he was yeah. super nice. He yeah. showed me around, met right. everybody. Right. Right. And he goes, grab a seat. Brought out a rack of yeah. basses, uh, Matt Garrison, Victor Wood and yeah. all this stuff. And he goes, try it. And I had my, I had my F bass with me. Yeah. And he's like, I said, do you mind if I AB? He's like, no, 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 go for it. Yeah. And I kind of went through them all and AB'd them and then plugged in the F bass. Yeah. And it just felt like home. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. that's, 
that's the sound that I want from right, a bass. Right. These are all phenomenal instruments. Right. If I was doing XYZ, or if that was the sound that I heard in my head, that's but right. that's it right. wasn't. So you lean a little bit more towards that way, but yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah, no, you know. nothing wrong with those basses. I mean, they're great basses. And I love yeah. listening to guys that right. play them as that's well. Right. That's right. You know, and in fact, I think like the next basses I get may be a fretless. They, get a, they got this new five-string fretless that they have out. You know, that sounds really good. Um, there's a video out. Uh, I think it's. I think maybe Tom Kennedy oh, okay. uh, is playing it. Um, Dave Weckl's bass player. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Kennedy, yeah. Yeah, Tom Kennedy, yeah. You know, so he's like testing it out, you know, and I've had my eye on it for a little bit. So that, that, that might be. Fretless, huh? Yeah, you know, I do like a lot of work on Fretless back home, you know. Nice. I'm in a band who's signed to uh, Rope Dope Records called The Flowdown. Oh, and, um, with, uh, the Snarky guys. And all yeah, that that's stuff. right. That's right. Snarky. Yeah, the Snarky just took that label, boom, and, and just blew it up, right? You know, Funky so, Knuckles. Oh my goodness, man! You know, we played some shows with Funky Knuckles, oh, man. man. Those cats are funky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Check that name out. is no joke, right? Check right. So, but like with my band, the Flowdown, uh, that's straight fretless. You know. Right. Cool. And man. Um, I remember seeing an interview with Sting. Yep. Like years and years ago, and uh, Sting was playing fretless uh, in the police in the early days. You know, he said, "Man, you know, I just had to pick it up and sink or swim." He said, "I didn't even bring my other bass on the first U.S. tour; just brought a fretless. Yeah. And if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, same, it didn't. same with Jacko when he pulled his frets out halfway through With the fret? tour. Yeah, it's all right. You know, here it is. Yeah. This is what we're playing all now. Right. You know, yeah. and I really wanted to get inside the fretless and fretless playing. So, cool. you know, with that other band, I was like, okay." This this band is going to be fretless only. You know, I'm not going to even think about anything else. I'm just going to fretless only and nice. you know go that way. You enjoy it? I love it, man. Yeah, I love it. You know, nice. I'm a. So yeah. another the, the other, another side of your bass playing personality. Yes, sir. Kind of yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. more more expressive playing. Sure. You know, and it's helped me with my fretted playing as well, there too, because you know you try, you know, some of the stuff that you play on fretless really expressively. I'm just like, well, why can't I play that with my fretless? Mm -hmm. Or I mean, excuse me, my fretted as well, too. You know. So at least you know that concept yeah. is, and your and your technique has to be a, a bit more in shape, left hand wise on the yes, fretless. Yes, sir. So. It has to be right there on that fret. Yeah, you know, right. and I, know, I noticed when you were playing last night, Killer Set Man, mm -hmm. um, that you you have quite a light touch. Uh, yeah. To me, it seems yeah. you you know you're not really digging in. Right. But, right. Right. Uh, how did you how did you come by that? Yeah, I do. I, I've always had like a, a lighter touch. You know. Yeah. Um, and that's well. From me trying to change the way that I, I play, I used to when I first started playing, I did it with like 90% of bass players do. You know, you pick up your bass and your wrist just bends this way, right? Yep. And you you play, 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 play. Especially if you're doing the John Taylor, John <laughs> King, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, right. You get your bass way up here over your face. You just play. <laughs> but I used to have my wrist bent like all the time, you know. Yeah. And um, it was cool, but after a couple of years, it just started to hurt a little bit you know so I learned this from Gary Willis where uh, now I just try to keep my wrist straight yeah. when I play right so like even if you wiggle your hand and put your hand right here and wiggle your hand you can feel how strong your muscles are if you do it like this you wiggle you feel it there's immediate difference right bring it back up like this you feel it so you get a bit more control that way you feel it was a little bit more control and like all those muscles are you, you think about piano players right piano players play boom 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 you know and so that's the way your muscles are, are designed, right? Sure, yeah. Anyway, long story short, um, so Gary just plays with like a very straight wrist, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely, just a straight wrist, and it made a difference in my playing, you know? Yeah. Um, but it also 
made me play like a little bit lighter. I didn't have to dig in as much. Yeah. As, you know. And it, I think it also changes your your stroke. I find because I've experimented with it. Yeah. And when you're doing that, you, it's more of a more of a pull on the string, that's right. but that's a bit that's more right. of a pluck. Do you that's think? That's right. That's yeah. More of like a little like little, little plucky pluck. Yeah. Here. That's <laughs> little plucky pluck. Yeah. If you dig it in a little bit, you know. I mean, digging in is cool too. You know. I mean, there's guys like who play with the straight wrists. Um, I think he does, like like Steve Harris, for example. Right. That you know, I mean, those fingers. I mean, you can chop down a tree with those fingers. <laughs> you know, so yeah. you can do either or. Yeah. But just for me, I used to play like with the light touch, yeah. you know, and with the upright as well or two, you know. Um, I don't play with as heavy as a as a, a touch as I probably. It's a funny story. I digress. It better be a funny story. <laughs> right, right, right. It wasn't funny at the time, but it's funny <laughs> to me now. Um, I had a chance to um, uh, have a, a lesson with uh, Ray Brown oh, wow. back back in the day, you know. And uh, he's so super kind, super nice, you know. And anyway, uh, spare you all the details, but uh, Ray had me hold the bass, and he said, "Okay, like play me like an F, all right?" So I played an F. He's like, "Man, no, no, it's not an F." I said, "Play an F." So I look, you know, boom, I play an F, right? It's like, no, man, that's not an F. I said, play an F. He's getting a little bit more agitated. So I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I'm out of tune. So, I tune back up again. Boom, play an F. So he's like, no, man. He stands up. That's not an F. I said, play an F. So I play an F sharp. And maybe, you know, he's hearing something different. He said, no, that's not I said, play an F. And he's getting more and more agitated. So I go back and I'm looking and I play an F. He grabs my hand, throws it down. Boom, play an F. That's not an F, I said play an F. Boom, play an F. Grabs my hand, throws it, that's not an F, I said play an F. Boom, I play an F sharp, grabs my hand. That's an F sharp, I said play an F. You know, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on right now, right? I'm like, he's up in my face, he's wow. getting a little bit more agitated. I'm like, man, I'm getting ready to get punched. Ray Brown is about to punch me. And he said, give me the bass. I gave him the bass and he said, you know, I said, I grabbed my hand. I grabbed his hand, couldn't move it, right? And I was like, oh, gotcha. Got that's it, you know. Right. And um, <clears throat> the lesson could have ended right there. <laughs> right. That's huge, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, you know. Um, but, so, but, <laughs> but going back to how hard I play, you know, so you, you would think that after that I would dig in more and play more, but, you know. Uh, it was, was a left hand thing more than a right hand thing. Well, back then it was more of like a. Yeah, I yeah. think it was like a combination of both, right? Sure. But particularly, like you know, I was like real light, you know. But yeah. I, I'm just like a light player, you know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and just like a little postscript to that, uh, there's an album by Oscar Peterson. It's called Oscar and the Bassist. I think it is. It came out like in '77. I think it was at the Montreal Jazz Festival. I can't quite remember it. Two uh, bass players with yes. Nils Henning and That's right, that's right. Nils Henning or Seth Peterson and Ray Brown. Yeah. Know? And uh, they would play sometimes, you know, the same song. Or play both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Or one would solo while one would play the bass line, you know. And uh, you can hear it there. Yeah. Like as good as a bass player as Niles is. You know, he had like a lighter, light, lighter touch. You know, I'm not saying I'm loud, yeah, yeah. but he has like, and then Ray, you know, comes in and you can hear the difference, yeah, the difference. you know. Yeah, and sure. it, you know, as far as like an upright sound, you know, Ray is where it's at, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, listening to that, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm okay, I guess, you know, because Lyle's had like a little bit lighter of a touch, you know. Yeah. 
I don't have the agility, but yes, yeah, little bit. Man, I think we may need to wrap up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Music yeah. bit stage, but Vondo, awesome to meet you, man. Thank you, sir. Check Appreciate it out. Yeah. The floor yeah. down. Yes, sir. Anna yeah. Popovich. Thanks for watching, guys. See you next time. Exactly.